The views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of this station. Content is for educational purposes only. Consult a financial advisor or conduct your own due diligence if investing. The show is pre-recorded. Everyday Wealth is produced and created by Edelman Financial Engines and hosted by Gene Chatsky. Ms. Chatsky is not an employee or client of the firm. She receives fixed cash compensation as host and for related activities, and therefore has an incentive to endorse Edelman Financial Engines and its planners. For additional information, please see www.edelmanfinancialengines.com slash everydaywealth. The 2022 Top 100 Independent Advisory Firm ranking issued by Barron's is qualitative and quantitative, including assets managed by the firm, technology spending, staff diversity, succession planning, and other metrics. Firms elect to participate but do not pay to be included in the ranking. Compensation is paid for use and distribution of rating. Awarded September 2022 based on data within a 12-month period. Investor experience and returns are not considered. At the intersection of life and money, this is Edelman Financial Engine's Everyday Wealth with personal finance expert, Gene Chatsky. Edelman Financial Engines has been ranked by Barron's as the number one investment advisor in the country. Now, here's Gene Chatsky. Hey, everyone. It's Gene Chatsky. Thanks so much for joining me today on Everyday Wealth. Maybe you have heard the phrase, the trend is your friend. You've certainly heard it if you watch enough financial news, because typically it is used when somebody is talking about the stock market. The idea there is that you want to invest with the trend, not against it. And despite the volatility that we might be experiencing moment to moment or even month to month, long term, we know that the stock market has a positive trend. Despite the fact that past performance does not guarantee future performance, between 1926 and 2022, the S&P 500 has never had negative returns in any rolling 20-year period. So in a way, you could say that when you're investing for the long term, you're going with, not against, historical trends. And that has had really amazing benefits. However, when it comes to the cost of healthcare during retirement, the trend is definitely not your friend. And that's because like the stock market, over time, healthcare costs have consistently gone up. Only instead of earning money, you are paying it. And not only have costs gone up, but the length of time that most people can expect to be retired has gone up. For example, in 1935, the year that Social Security was created, the retirement age was 65, and yet the average life expectancy was about 61. In other words, you were lucky if you even got to the point where you could claim your benefits. Today, though, it is not unusual for people to be retired for 20, 30 years, even more. I had dinner last night with my mom. She is 83. My aunt, who is 87. And my uncle, who is 91. My late stepfather, Bob, used to call a gathering of people that age the organ recital because they would just sit around the table and list their ailments. And last night we had foot surgery and arthritis and a broken hand. And by the way, I could go on. So not only are healthcare costs and retirement going up, but you will likely have to incur these costs for much longer than your parents and your grandparents' generation did. How much are we talking about? 
I'm going to let you ballpark it in your heads just for a few moments and we'll get to the actual number. And then a little bit later in the show, we are going to break down the ins and outs of a related topic. We're going to dive into Medicare. But first, let me welcome back Isabel Barrow. She's a wealth planner with Edelman Financial Engines. She is a regular here on Everyday Wealth. Hey, Isabel. Hey, Jean. Great to see you. Always nice to see you. So I teased the number, but why don't you tell us what it really is? Okay. Are you ready? (laughs) According to a recent study by HealthView Services, the potential projected lifetime health care costs through retirement for a 55-year-old couple could be over a million dollars. So $1,073,000 to be exact. That is astounding. It really is. And but in fact, you know, as you mentioned, you know, healthcare costs have continued to rise. And for most people, it's going to be probably in the top three of their biggest expenses um, through retirement. And that's just looking at now because I mean, again, as we've talked about, these things are only getting more and more expensive. Before we dive deeper into this topic, and, and we are gonna dive deeper, let's give our listeners a little bit of context. Why has this become such a hot topic for this current generation of retirees? Well, I think, you know, ultimately, I think it's a combination of things. One, we're talking about it more, right? So people are hearing about it more. It's being talked about. They're seeing it with their family members. You know, you're watching your parents have to go through it. Your parents are living longer, maybe, than your grandparents or their previous generations. Also, you know, we don't have a society now like we did 50 years ago and 100 years ago where, you know, employers may have offered retirement-sponsored healthcare services. Or as you mentioned, you know, maybe the longevity was only 61. So, you know, we didn't have all of these major costs to consider as part of our retirement. Today, fewer and fewer employers are offering these options of healthcare services in retirement. You know, there are some, certainly, if you work for the federal government, for example, but um, for many employers, it's just not part of their retirement package. So at this point, we're seeing that basically half of Americans aged 50 to 64, and that's because Medicare kicks in at 65, but so for the 50 to 64-year-old crowd, they're worried that they're not going to be able to afford healthcare. And it's a problem that is continuing to compound. Costs are rising. Healthcare costs are rising faster than the inflation rate. They have been rising faster than the inflation rate. Absolutely. And, And you know, the cost that we're talking about, by the way, that that million dollar number that I gave you, right? That's we're just talking healthcare costs. We're not even talking about the potential costs related to long term care. And and the reality is that close to seventy percent of seniors or retirees are going to need long term care at some point, which is not covered by their standard insurance plan. It's not covered by Medicare. And and let's just put that out there, right? Medicare does not cover long-term care. There is a perception that Medicare covers it. Sometimes if you spend down your assets, Medicaid will cover it, but it's different and it can get very expensive very fast. Uh, related though to that topic, we did do a show on long-term care. It's worthy of a listen if that's something that's on your mind. It's episode number 19 entitled, How Much insurance do you need? And on that episode, we spoke with your Edelman Financial Engines colleague, Robert Bain. He talked about the ins and outs of the very complicated thing that is long-term care insurance. So everybody should make sure to check that out. All right. So 
Isabel, for your clients, with the cost of healthcare rising, with people living longer, what what do you tell them is the bottom line? Well, it means ultimately that when you're working with your financial planner, when you're working on your life financial plan, right? What what are my expenses going to be in retirement? You may need to assume that these expenses are going to be far greater than what you're spending right now and that you're going to need these extra funds for longer than your parents or your grandparents did. So it really means you need a life plan, life financial plan that includes covering your healthcare costs. Expand on that a little bit. When you talk about a life plan, what what do you mean? Well, what we're talking about is having a more customized plan that is going to outline what your needs are relating to your specific circumstances. And the good news is that for many of you listening, you know, we've talked about this million dollar number, but your costs may be, well, they could be more, um, certainly, or they could be significantly less depending on a whole variety of factors. Like? Well, one could be the type of healthcare plan you select. Okay. Mm. So in general, the type of plan that you select, the more benefits you opt for, the higher that cost is going to be. Also, I mean, another is if you are over 65 and you're on Medicare B, your income may determine actually how much your premiums are. So the higher your income, potentially the higher those costs would be for your Medicare premiums as well. And we talk often about strategies that you and your colleagues put into place to make sure that you're not running afoul of Medicare when it comes to your income. Well, at least we hope so. I mean, we hope that we can do that, you know, and it's certainly a goal, but not everyone's able to. You know, if you have a significant amount of income from pensions and Social Security, there's not a lot we can do, right? And and so there are some cases where you're going to be paying those IRMA Medicare premiums, you know, that are greater than you want them to be. Where you live is also a factor. Absolutely. So depending on the state you live in, there's different plan costs, both for medical insurance, but also as we were talking about long-term care before, you know, long-term care costs can vary dramatically based on where you live. And of course, you know, we we have to talk about the potential of legislation changes that could make these plans more or, you know, probably not less, but um, could just impact those costs overall. And then lastly, I think your health, your longevity, you know, what's your family history? You know, did you have a family member that had a cognitive impairment that that required them to be in a long-term care facility for a decade? You know, that could impact your planning and you're thinking about this life plan and what do I need to build in, you know, into my expenses, thinking about my own health now and my own family history. So in addition to the financial issues, I mean, we're really talking about making lifestyle decisions, decisions about where you want to live. I mean, maybe you choose to live someplace where the cost of long-term care is significantly less expensive. For example, in in LA, the cost is like 30% more than it is in Houston. If anybody's looking for a reason to move to Houston, (laughs) there you go. But we've also got health planning, making sure that you exercise regularly, making sure that you're eating right, keeping yourself as healthy as possible in order to try to minimize some of those healthcare costs. Absolutely. We talk about, you know, preventative care. Do what you can now to try to keep yourself healthy so that you don't have all of these exorbitant expenses. We briefly touched on Medicare. We're going to dig into that later in the show. But what about for those folks who plan to retire before age 65, before the age when most people qualify for Medicare? What do they do? 
Well, I mean, this is a tough window because there are options. There are a lot of options, but they're generally fairly expensive. So, uh, you know, if you don't have an employer plan that is going to pay for you to have health insurance until you get to Medicare age, you may be able to opt into COBRA. You know, if you don't have a long window until you're 65, COBRA may be an option, but COBRA is real, can be really, really expensive. And I mean, I have a, a friend who's a single mom who um, lost her job recently and has two kids and, and is paying into COBRA. And she told me it's closing in on $2,000 a month. So it can be really hard to make those COBRA payments. Short-term insurance, that's mm-hmm. an option. That's privately purchased. And, you know, typically that's going to be for 12 months or less. And, you know, you've probably got to be healthy. You have to qualify for something like that. And, you know, in order to keep the premiums low, again, as I mentioned before, you may have to opt for less coverage than what you have now. Another big one is the the possibility of going into your state exchange. The Affordable Care Act has created these state exchanges in the health insurance marketplace. And within those options, you've got a whole variety of different levels, right? Starting with bronze, silver, gold, platinum. Different premiums are going to be in effect for different levels of coverage. And but but and you also may need to understand that there's possibly some subsidies that are available to offset some of those costs, depending on what your total income is. But it's state specific. It's based on your income, your spouse's income. It's complicated. It is complicated. But before you just say, oh, I'll just COBRA. Please look at the exchanges because often you can save yourself a lot of money. Especially if, you know, if we're talking about somebody who's under 65, maybe you're not on Social Security yet, you're just living off of your investments for a couple of years and you don't have a high income, you may qualify for some pretty good subsidies um, from the Affordable Care Act. So definitely look at those exchanges. Don't just discount them right off the bat. I mean, if your spouse or partner is still working and you have the ability to go under their plan, that's probably going to be the most affordable option for you. But it depends on the plan and it depends on the employer. So and it and you may not be eligible to get on their plan. But typically these life events, you know, birth, the death, a marriage, a divorce, you know, these are, are windows that are going to give you the ability or, or retirement, for example, where it's going to give you the ability to potentially make some adjustments and get on those the spouse's plan or off. It, it really does seem like a good reason for not retiring or or at least just trying to kick the can down the road a little bit until you're eligible for Medicare. You know, I think it does argue for waiting until 65 for a lot of people, depending on what your cash flow looks like, what your liquidity looks like, what your health is and, and how much, you know, how many potential health concerns do you have um, and how long until you turn 65. You know, if you don't have all that long and it's going to cost you a couple thousand dollars a month for health insurance in the meantime, maybe it's worth working that extra three or six months just to get you to the point where you're 65 and and you can opt into Medicare A and B. Speaking of Medicare, we are going to take a quick break. But when we come back, Isabel and I are going to dig into the often confusing specifics in and around Medicare. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Are you worried about the current volatility of the market, inflation rates, talk of a recession? Are you second guessing your investment decisions? What better time than now to ensure your finances are moving forward than by getting an expert second opinion from an Edelman Financial Engines planner? Whether you already have a planner or simply need a new perspective, they can help you manage your wealth plan to both weather the volatility of the market today and help you protect and preserve it over the long term. 
To schedule your complimentary wealth checkup today, call 833-PLAN-EFE. That's 833-752-6333. Or visit their website at efewealthplanners.com. Put your uncertainties to rest once and for all. Schedule your complimentary wealth checkup right now. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. We've been talking healthcare in retirement. Isabel Barrow and I, she is, of course, a wealth planner at Edelman Financial Engines. And one of the things that has stood out so far in our conversation, besides how expensive healthcare can be, is that there are so many variables when it comes to this process. Yeah. And all the decisions that you have to make and you know, if you don't have the right plan in place or if you make the wrong decision along the way, you're potentially going to end up paying too much or maybe not getting the coverage that you need. And that's equally true when it comes to Medicare. And I know that we have had this conversation before, but we're going to have it again because I think Medicare is one of those things that you often don't pay attention to until you're closing right in on it. And that's when you start to realize, oh my gosh, I know nothing. So what is Medicare? Well, very basically, Medicare is a government program that is set up for Americans age 65 or older to get and qualify for health insurance regardless of their health issues. So any U.S. citizen who's paid into the Social Security long enough to receive Social Security benefits, that doesn't mean you have to be taking Social Security in order to get Medicare. You just have to be qualified under Social Security rules. And you're 65 or older, you're automatically qualified for Medicare. And there are a couple of exceptions? There are a few exceptions under which you can qualify potentially earlier, Mm. uh, meaning under 65, which is if you're receiving disability benefits from the Social Security Administration, if you have Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS, or end-stage kidney disease. The coverage, when we talk about Medicare, we tend to talk about Medicare, but really we're talking about a lot of different pieces that comprise Medicare, this alphabet soup of Medicare. Can we talk about these parts, A, B, C, and D, and how they work together? Yeah. So yes, alphabet soup. Um, As of 2023, there are four parts. There's, like you said, part A, B, C, and D. A is hospital insurance. That's the free part that you automatically are enrolled in at age 65. That covers inpatient hospital care, um, skilled nursing, facility, lab tests, surgery, you know, home health care, and and hospice, actually. And again, as I said, it's free for most, um, assuming you qualify under the Social Security rules. There is about a $1,600 deductible for each hospital benefit period. And of course, the co-pays can depend on the length of the stay. Now, That gets us to part B, which is the one that we typically think of because that is your regular medical insurance. That's your doctors. That's your testing. That's your outpatient care um, equipment, you know, preventative services. That's your normal stuff. And that has a monthly cost to it. That's one that you actually have to enroll in. So A, you know, is, is different. B, you need to enroll for part B. And you need to enroll in time. I mean... I'd like to just pause and put some big exclamation points around this, because if you don't enroll in time, penalties can get really expensive really fast. Yeah. And the penalty is also for your lifetime. So if you miss your enrollment or you don't enroll for some reason, you you opt out and you don't enroll when you're supposed to, you could potentially have a lifetime penalty that's an extra 10% of your premiums for each year that you could have signed up. So if you wait five years and you know now you're talking about a, potentially a 50% penalty. 
So explain to me enrollment and and how it works and when you have to do it. Well, let's just start with someone who is retired and turning 65. So you're already out of work. You turn 65. You have basically a seven-month enrollment period, three months before you turn 65, the month of your birth date, and then three months after that. um, That is So it's basically a seven-month enrollment period, and that's when you need to be enrolled by, right? So you can start a little early or a little bit late, but you've got to be enrolled there. And if you if you are not, that's when we're talking getting into that penalty period, right? Now, if you have a, I, I said somebody who's 65 and already retired, but what if your spouse is still working? Right. Now, if you are covered under your spouse's plan, you potentially don't need to worry about getting um, within this seven-month window. If you're covered by another plan, either through your employer because you are still working or your spouse's employer because they are still working, then you're okay. You can wait to enroll for Medicare until you are no longer covered by that employer-sponsored plan. But be careful because some employers actually will say, we want you to be on Medicare when you're 65, even though you have this employer plan. So- Just talk to the benefits department. Absolutely. Bottom line. Okay, so when we put A and B together, that's what is referred to as original Medicare. Part C is what is called Medicare Advantage. And everybody's heard of Medicare Advantage because we all watch television. But what is it? <laughs> right. I mean, you can, we can, if you watch certain types of television, you're going to get hit with a lot of these Medicare ads, Medicare Advantage, Medigap, I guess all of these ads, right? it says something about the kind of television that I watch. <laughs> right. What are you watching? <laughs> I am watching old right. cop shows okay. late at night. That makes sense. Yes. That's exactly why you are being advertised to. So Medicare Advantage plan is basically a bundled plan where now, and it came later, so this was kind of an add-on to the originals, but it basically takes A and B and it adds them together with some other benefits like potentially Part D, which we haven't talked about, but Medicare Advantage is... I would kind of equate it to um, a, you know, you're, you're going to a private insurer and basically Medicare is now paying this private insurer to that, that private insurer is now, you know, covering all of your A and B expenses. So hospitals and doctors, I would kind of equate it to similar to like an HMO, right? It's, it's oftentimes it's planned care. You have to go to doctors that are in network for the most part. But that is a Medicare Advantage plan. Now, you still have premiums for that. So you're still paying your Medicare B premium. And you may have, you you will have additional premiums on top of that to the Medicare Advantage company. Sometimes I think people don't really understand that there is a choice between Part C and what is called Medigap insurance that really you're going to go with one or the other of these. That's exactly right. So you are either, well, you don't have to do either. To be clear, you can have just Medicare A and B, right? And and that may be your option. But Medicare B for your doctors doesn't cover everything. You're still going to have 20% costs that you have to cover and your prescription drugs and your glasses and the dental and all of this. So you have a lot of potential out-of-pocket costs. So now we're looking at how do you cover those extra costs, right? So that's where the Medicare Advantage plan comes in or the Medigap plan comes in is to cover those extra costs. So a Medigap plan is where you go and to add on to your Medicare plan, you are choosing your own private insurer to add on to cover that gap, right? That Medicare gap, that 20% that they're not covering. And that can be a little bit more expensive than the Medicare Advantage plan, which again is just bundling A and B with some similar to gap coverage, but in a little bit more of a restrictive way. 
When we look at Medigap coverage, there are some nuances when it comes to enrollment. So if we're talking about Medicare Advantage, like I said, watch a lot of late night TV. There are a lot of different plans and you can switch in and out pretty much every year if you want. With Medigap, there's a one-time open enrollment window where they got to take you regardless of your health. And if you let that lapse... It's a little bit of a financial free-for-all. Right. That's kind of what the key difference is for people who are now, you're on Medicare, you've got A and B, and you're thinking about how do I cover this shortfall, this 20% or any, you know, the the drugs and, and everything else, um, is that if you don't opt into the Medigap plan, right, when you first turn 65 or when you first go on Medicare, then, yeah, you may not get access to that. Those plans are not required in every state to offer you coverage anymore on an annual basis. Um, if you have some pre-existing health condition or something comes up that, you know, the insurance company can now say, nope, sorry, we don't want to cover you under this Medigap plan. But once you're in, so if you opt in in that first year, now you're in, they can't kick you off. Right. So that is a big key difference between the two as well, is that the Medicare Advantage plan is, you know, annually sort of you can go and and shop around. But the Medigap plan, you need to be in when you first go on Medicare. You mentioned Part D. Part D is prescription coverage. Sometimes it's covered under Medicare Advantage. Is that correct? So yes, backing up uh, Part D, last one of the uh, the Medicare alphabet is uh, prescription drugs. And it's completely optional. So you can add this on as your, to your Medicare A and B and just add a prescription drug plan. You can add it to um, you know your Medicare Advantage plan. Or in many cases, it can be rolled into a Medicare Advantage plan. So certain Medicare Advantage plans might include prescription drugs or certain Medigap plans will include prescription drugs. So it is optional um, and you should see how it coordinates with your other benefits. Earlier in the show, you mentioned IRMA and IRMA stands for Income Related Monthly Adjustment Amount. And IRMA gets important when it comes to your Medicare premiums as they relate to your earnings. So can we talk through that. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I, I, I'm asking the question right. as if I'm confused because it's confusing. It is confusing. And the thing is, is that your IRMA can change every single year based on your income. So the IRMA is basically, we're looking at your low end Medicare premium for B is going to be around 165 this year. Okay. But if you have income levels going up a certain amount, right? So there's all these kind of different breakpoints at which that premium now goes up based on your income. And by the way, it's two-year lookbacks. They're not even looking at your income from right now. They're looking at your income from two years ago. And, um, you know, what that essentially can do is it can drive your cost from that 165 to as high as $560 a month for that premium, for that now Medicare B premium. You're getting the same thing, by the way, but it's not like it's a different plan. You're not in a different health insurance plan. It's still Medicare B. You're just paying a different premium based on how much your income was two years ago. And it can be thousands of dollars a year. I mean, we're talking about hundreds of dollars a month, but it can be a difference of thousands of dollars a year if you earn too much money. Right. You earn too much money and now you're married. And so now it's you and your spouse both paying extra a couple hundred dollars a month. And it's, yeah. So what are the kind of things that can throw your Irma out of whack? Well, it could be as simple as, you know, two years ago, you were still working. 
and you're not working anymore. So your income was very high and now your income is low. And you're thinking my premium should be 165 because my income is zero or my income is $20,000. But guess what? Because we're looking at two years ago, you're hit with Irma. Now, the good news is you can go back to the Social Security Administration, Medicare, and ask for a waiver on that. There's a form you can fill out that says, I'm not working anymore. There's a couple of other qualifiers. You know, you got divorced and the spouse had income, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not that you're going to owe that money um, for sure. It's just that that's how much your premium is going to be if you don't have it adjusted. Now, what about some other things? You um, have a big expense. You're going to buy a car. You're going to buy a new house and you need a down payment, you decide you're going to take money out of your IRA. Now you have a big IRA distribution, counts as income. That mm. could throw you into Irma. You know, you take $100,000 out of an IRA, you think your only penalty is going to be, you know, that you have to pay taxes on it. Nope, guess what? That could add to your total income. And now you're going to also be paying increase in, in your Medicare premiums for the year and your spouse potentially. It's just another way that this gets complicated, which brings us back to the fact that you probably want some help with this. I'm sure that you help people with these kind of things every day. Yeah, this is something that I think um, we may not be able to help you pick a healthcare plan per se. You know, that may be something that you want to work with a specialist on, but we can help with the broader implications of this, which are, you know, if we understand your overall situation, we may be able to prevent your getting into Irma in the first place, right? We may say, hey, look, better option than taking the $100,000 out now in December, let's split it up so that we can keep you under that Medicare Irma level. Or just overall thinking about making sure that our clients are not, you know, falling into some Medicare penalty because they forgot to apply at 65 or they didn't understand the rules. These are things that we help our clients with on an ongoing basis. All good information, all appreciated as I close in on yet another birthday. Not quite 65, but I'm, I'm, I'm I getting there. I think you're there. pretty far away I'm, from 65. I'm, I'm, boy, oh boy. I do not like to see these numbers climbing so far so fast. That is another story. And that is it for today's show. A big thank you to Isabel for being here again today. Thank you. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. If you've got questions or concerns about your retirement plan, Give the folks at Edelman Financial Engines a call. They have experienced wealth planners, people like Isabel, who can help with anything related to your financial planning today, but also down the road. You can reach them at 833-PLAN-EFE. Also, be sure to subscribe to this show, the Everyday Wealth Podcast, wherever you stream your favorite podcasts or visit us at everydaywealth.com. You'll find all of our episodes available to you. Thanks so much. And we'll talk soon. You've been listening to Edelman Financial Engines Everyday Wealth with Gene Chatsky. Edelman Financial Engines has been ranked by Barron's as the number one investment advisor in the country. If you've missed an episode or are interested in additional personal finance topics, be sure to subscribe to the Everyday Wealth Podcast. Our podcast library offers helpful insights on topics such as tax-efficient portfolios, retirement withdrawal strategies, investing, and financial planning, to name just a few. To learn more, visit our website, everydaywealth.com, or find our show wherever you stream your favorite podcast.